you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 182 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we are going over all of the non-tender action from Wednesday and talking about some of the new names that could make sense for the A's. Uh, I apologize for not getting this up to you guys earlier. My headphones broke, and I found some around the house that uh, don't sound great, so hopefully this sounds okay to you guys. But if it sounds weird for you guys, let me know. I'll tinker with the sound, and uh, I'll fix it somehow. So anyway. Anyways, uh, with all that good stuff out of the way, please follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So with uh, this episode, I had planned on splitting up the show between talking about the A's non-tenders and then some players from around the league that also became available that would be good fits for Oakland. But the A's tendered contracts to everybody, so there's not a ton to report on the A's front. So they kind of killed some of my time that I was going to use. So... Uh, let's go over what happened, I guess. As I briefly mentioned uh, on the last episode, the A's tendered a contract with uh, Chad Pender. They actually signed him for next season at $2.275 million. They also got Birch Smith for $705,000. And uh, they also inked up Tony Kemp for $1.05 million. And then on Wednesday, they also signed Matt Olson for $5 million. Uh, he wasn't really in jeopardy of being non-tendered, but uh, he has a contract, so they avoided arbitration with him. So now it's safe to go out there and get your Matt Olsen jerseys for 2021. But uh, with all of the signings that the A's had, that means that they uh, are still headed towards arbitration with Matt Chapman, Mark Canna, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino, and Sean Manaya. So they got six more names that they got to ink up that are going to be integral parts for the A's in 2021. Uh, and so how does that all work out? Well, the arbitration deadline is January 15th, which means that the teams and the players that are arbitration eligible, like the six that I just named, have until January 15th to come to an agreement on the terms for their contract for the 2021 season. If they fail to reach an agreement before that date, then the team submits a number that they'd like to pay the player and the player submits a number that they'd like to be paid and then from there an independent arbiter would hear their cases and make a ruling picking either the team's number or the player's number as the player's salary for 2021. So some teams like to avoid going to arbitration because a player has to listen to all the reasons that the team feels that they aren't worth the money that they're asking for and that can kind of cause a rift between the player and the club. Uh, just think about uh, Chris Bryant and the Cubs. They kept him down in the minor leagues to work on his defense for a couple of weeks, called him up and uh, he missed out on a year of free agency because of that whole service time manipulation and he's not really been a fan of the Cubs since he's been playing with them but uh yeah he's kind of over being there at this point so he's definitely not re-signing with the Cubs so those kinds of things you don't want to screw over the player when it comes to their livelihood obviously uh whereas the team and the front office is meant to treat it like a business these days so you you got to do both you got to have that middle ground right there and uh you know, whether the A's want to go to arbitration with, like, Matt Chapman, I don't know. That would be an interesting call, I would say. I'd say pay him whatever he wants. It's his first year of arbitration. Just go pay him whatever. I know that his salary would go up each year, but you know, whatever. It's fine. Just give the man what he wants. Make him happy. But the arbitration deadline's for another day. Uh, we got a, a good month and a half and the holidays to talk about. And the winter meetings, are those still happening? They're going to be virtual. I don't know if those count anymore. So uh, we'll know more about that stuff uh, as time moves along. But as of the non-tender deadline, 
deadline, the free agent market is officially set after the, the round of non-tenders that we just saw, and it just kind of feels like the hot stove may actually get turned on in the next few days because teams know who's now out there for them to sign for these whatever kind of deals they're looking for. Are they going to be cheap? It looks like teams are spending a little bit more than we were expecting, so that is nice. So before we get into some of the A's new potential targets after this round of non-tenders, let's take a quick look at where they stand right now and that the dust is settled and we know who's going to be at least tendered a contract, whether or not they uh, are traded or whatnot. Uh, but where the A's stand right now, what are their holes? And obviously they could use upgrades at second and short and I have a second baseman for them to pursue coming up in the second segment, but uh, shortstop is likely going to be one of four players, and that's going to be either Marcus Simeon comes back, you got D.D. Gregorius, who's a veteran, uh, who's fine, Angelton Simmons is a glove-first guy who hits okay, and then you, you got Hassan Kim, uh, who is from the uh, KBO. I'm kind of high on him. I, I don't know that it's what the A's would want right now just because of where they are in their contention window, but he could be a nice lottery ticket for a team that is in contention right now. And for him, I guess the, the main question is how quickly can he adjust to the Major League game? Because if it's only like a couple of months, I say that he's a very decent candidate for the A's at shortstop. But if it's going to take a season, maybe, uh, you know, a half a season or how, a decent amount of time, then maybe he's not in the cards for the A's for this coming year. But uh, moving on from the shortstop hole that we have to uh, the A's and needing a starting pitcher or two, because they are either currently relying on A.J. Puck to stay healthy, which we'll see, or some sort of combination of Puck and Dalton Jeffries or James Caprillian and whoever is going to be taking starts every fifth day. It just feels like they need that extra veteran presence in there to give them at least depth in the rotation because I don't mind giving one of those three young guys uh, a start every fifth day. That is fun. I like the youth movement uh, idea. Do it as much as you can. Push these young guys uh, more often, I say. But you also need to have backup plans just in case. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays made it to the World Series, and they were missing a bunch of pitchers that were really solid pitchers for them. But they have just have that you know that churn thing that they do where uh, one guy goes down, here's another one that just does the same thing. Here you go. These don't necessarily have that infrastructure built up already, but they could definitely add a couple of veteran guys to the rotation or make one of them a long reliever or something like that, a spot starter. Uh, they can they can fill that hole okay. Um, and, you know, speaking of spot starters and long relievers, they also need a couple of relievers to help them fill out the bullpen. And there are some proven names out there on the free agent market as we speak that could still be called upon, but we'll likely see an under-the-radar addition that ends up being pretty solid. You know, kind of like Burt Smith from last season, but I don't think that they're going to wait until spring training to figure out who's going to be in their bullpen. So uh, that is the the counter-argument to a Burt Smith is that they'll have somebody in there for spring training and then they may add on throughout spring training, but uh, that's that. So if you're taking the long view of this, it doesn't look like they need a whole lot, but if you zoom in a little bit, then you need two starting spots in the middle infield, a starting pitcher and a couple of relievers, and uh, all of a sudden it's like, hey, those are some pretty big holes you need to fill. So hopefully the A's get uh, going on that now that they know who is officially on the free agent market. Go make some trades. Make, make me have some fun with this team, because... Uh, I've been going over past ace teams for three weeks now, and I would like to report some news. So get on it, Billy Bean. Before you get out of town, get on it.
And just one quick note here is that just because that's where the team is sitting right now does not mean that all the players that were tendered contracts are safe. Steve Miscotti has been rumored as a trade piece for a couple of off seasons now, and our locked on group chat is asking me all the time when Mark Canna is going to be made available via trade. So uh, if they trade one of those guys, not going to be shocked whatsoever because these have lots of outfielders, especially at AAA that are ready to come up that would be cheaper options for them. So uh, if they move one of those guys, not, not a big surprise. But as far as the free agent market goes, I'm going over three. Three names that stood out to me from Wednesday's non-tender list, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts, and also uh, make sure to tune in to our final installment of the All Bean Team era podcast thing that I've been doing. Uh, we're doing DHs tomorrow, so uh, make sure to tune in to that one. It's going to be fun. Also, if you've missed any of these, uh, I have three weeks worth of them, so uh, go back on our feed, check those out, and... Uh, have fun with nostalgia and whatnot. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So without further ado, I got three people that were non-tendered that I feel like are A's moves. Are, am I super excited about them? Not necessarily, but here are my three guys. The first one I want to talk about is Hanser Alberto, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles. He primarily plays second base, but can also be thrown at third or a corner outfield spot if needed. And Alberto isn't going to be looking at a huge payday with his arbitration estimate being somewhere around $2.5 million for 2021. And if that's what it takes to sign him, he's definitely within the A's price range. But why should he be on their radar? Well, in 2019, he hit $390 against lefties and in 2020 he hit 375 good for WRC pluses of 151 and 146 which is 51 and 46 percent above league average so why is he available and why is his projected salary so low well he's not great against righties so why does that work for the A's because they re-signed Tony Kemp for the 2021 season and with Alberto a righty and Kemp a lefty the A's could just platoon second base and end up getting roughly the equivalent of Tom Stella or David Fletcher or Jake Cronenworth for roughly $3 million, which would be a savings on signing any of those guys if they were on the free agent market. Tommy LaStella is, but his defense, eh, we'll see. Uh, and this move could be, give them a boost on offense, which is obviously a plus from second base, and it wouldn't hurt them a ton defensively. Kemp's offense against righties was a little bit below league average in 2020, and he had a DRS of negative six in 250 innings at second base last season. But if he falters, then you got Vimeo Machin as another lefty bat that could play some second base and keep the platoon intact. So is it worth a gamble? I mean, maybe. It's my first idea is a platoon. Uh, my second idea, also a platoon. Um, and that would be to swoop up David Dahl, who was non-tendered by the Rockies. And uh, he is looking at roughly a $2.5 million payday through arbitration as well. Although I think it was his first year in arbitration, so that's why his salary is low. He's been very good. Uh, I'll get into why he's on the market here in just one second. Uh, and I know that the A's have plenty of outfielders. Uh, I, I mentioned it before. There are so many guys that could take this spot. But Dahl has been consistently 10% better than league average at the dish, average in left field, and he has shown a knack for getting on base at around a 350 clip. And those are the kinds of reasons why I think that he would be a good fit for this team because he's not going to cost the A's that much to sign. If they wanted to give him a three-year deal for $15 million, he might actually sign that because of what his low arbitration estimate is for that first season. And then you're banking on him being good for the other two. And uh, it's not breaking the A's bank whatsoever. And given their competitive window, 
he's the kind of guy that they need right there. Obviously, they could promote Seth Brown or Luis Barrera or uh, some other outfielder that they have, but is that person going to be giving them an on-base percentage of 350 and be 10% above league average? I'm not positive. David Dahl has shown that he can do that, but the downside with Dahl has been staying healthy, and he's only played in over 100 games once in his career. I think he's played in four seasons. He's played 100 games once, and every other year it's been like half a season-ish. Uh, this past season, I think he played in like 26 games, so there's one definite downside of signing David Dahl and expecting him to produce. Uh, the other one could be that his numbers have been inflated by playing in Colorado. There are some definite home road splits, but those also don't scare me away completely either, because maybe if he's playing in, cons in a consistent atmosphere outside of, you know, playing a mile above sea level for half of his games, maybe he can develop a more consistent approach at the plate and maybe then you'll see a consistent 280 hitter uh, wherever he's playing as opposed to like 310 and 270 or some whatever his splits were or something like that um so as far as the injuries go i'd say that it's worth a chance to income to a deal and then platoon him with steven piscotti if he's still around uh in 2019 piscotti had a wrc plus of 169 against lefties and 69 against righties so if you keep him around and then you keep him healthy as well and you get that kind of production out of him then all of a sudden his seven million dollar salary is not looking that bad and if you platoon these guys with each other the chances of both of them staying healthy go up a little bit and then all of a sudden you're getting really good production out of right or left field if you want to move canna over to right field that's also okay so uh yeah i think that platooning both those positions to get the most offensive production out of both those spots could be a nice little thing for the ace to consider doing this offseason. But moving on to the last guy I want to mention, and that is righty reliever Archie Bradley, who is looking at somewhere between $4.3 and $5.7 million from the Reds in arbitration before being non-tendered. Uh, so maybe he signs for $4.5 million. That is a decent uh, asking price for the ace to consider for a veteran bullpen arm. Bradley has spent most of his career with the Diamondbacks, and since 2017 has been a pretty solid reliever with strikeout rates around 9 per 9, and and ERAs as high as the mid threes and as low as 174. His walk rates fluctuated a little bit, but it's been around two and a half per nine or below outside of a spike in 2019, which was corrected this past season. So I'm not really scared about his walk rate and the A's need bullpen help. And Bradley is a veteran reliever, which is kind of the A's type when it comes to adding arms. He's been more effective against lefties than righties. So he would be like adding another lefty reliever, but would provide a different look than seeing Jake Diekman or potentially AJ Puck coming out of the bullpen. And uh, it, it would be an interesting ad, I think. I'm halfway in on Archie Bradley, but as I've said before, uh, I think last week I most recently said it, uh, if the A's decide that they like a pitcher, I'm inclined to trust the A's because of their track record with determining good pitchers and then molding them a little bit and improving here and there and then making them elite. Uh, we've seen it so many times. Uh, Liam Hendricks is the most recent example. Uh, so if he's wearing green and gold in the spring, I'm expecting very big things for him uh, in you know, 2021. So uh, that is it for me today, you guys. Tomorrow, I'll be wrapping up the All Bean Team series with the best designated hitters of the Bean Era. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.